Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Very excited about uh, my guest this morning. This morning we have Dr. Val Fennell, Pennsylvania Director of Gun Owners of America, when we return. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Community Counting Services for local family-based mental health. This morning I have Dr. Val Fennell on. He is the Pennsylvania Director of Gun Owners of America as we talk everything Second Amendment. But but before we do that, Doctor, can you give us a brief bio, a background of who you are? Yes, uh, I'm the current Pennsylvania Director for Gun Owners of America. I'm retired Air Force. I retired as a colonel uh, in 2016 medical doctor, uh, served as a pathologist, also preventive medicine and public health. Um, started out in the Army for nine years and uh, then saw the light And you know, after my break in service and came back into the Air Force. Uh, you know, I finished that out in 2016. And I, I've been involved with Second Amendment issues since the 1990s. Um, I was the first president of the Virginia Citizens Defense League. You know, uh, we, we took that organization statewide. And then, you know, back in... Um, you know, uh, 2018 when, and 2019 when Bill Fujito tried to push his uh, illegal gun control in Pittsburgh, I got back into the fight, and I was asked to be the state director for GOA. And so I've been doing that for about, uh, I'm starting my fourth year now, so since, 29, since April of 2019. And it's, it's good to be on the show. Yes, thank you for joining us this morning. And also want to thank you for your service, Colonel. I also saw the light Welcome. and uh, was an Air Force veteran as well. So we have that in right. common. Um, yep. So I just have to ask, I mean, obviously, anytime this happens in our nation, it's very tragic. Uh, for instance, I remember where I was in Columbine at an Air Force base in Wisconsin. Uvalde, definitely tragic. 21 people lost their lives that day. But it seemed, rather than have a discussion around that, the first thing that the United States Senate wanted to do was come after uh, what seems to be a Second Amendment rights. And, and so I just want to read something really quick here. This will not be new to you, but, you know, the, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And in the state of Pennsylvania, Article 1, Section 21 of the Pennsylvania State Constitution says, The right of the citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves and the state shall not be questioned. It seems like it's being questioned. Yes, there's a whole bunch of questioning that's going on everywhere. And the knee-jerk reaction all the time after these, um, these unspeakable horrific events is, is uh, we need red flag laws and we need to pass universal background check. We call it universal background check registration. And let's just start with the Buffalo shooting. New York has some of the most strictest, most strict gun control laws in this country. They have a universal background check. They have a red flag law. And that, that person, that racist that went through that supermarket to shoot those people, he passed the background check. Yet, this is the solution they're proposing. 
uh, based on these two mass public shootings. Uh, and uh, it was the same in Pennsylvania. And we, what we saw was the Democrats here try to maneuver to get their bills onto the floor by doing something called a discharge petition to try to force votes. And so they, they, and, uh, they, they got four bills on discharge, and we were able to stop those in the House uh, Judiciary Committee. Our uh, chairman, uh, Representative Rob Kaufman, was able to re-refer those bills to another committee. And, and they tried to do a universal background check bill this week. On, it was a House Bill 235, and, uh, and they, so they, they substituted constitutional carry for that bill. <laughs> so between... Between and it happened, there was actually a bill a week before they did the same thing on. So uh, every week, the Democrats just continue to try to maneuver to try to force votes, and there's there's no political will, you know, and there and there should not be. Uh, these these are not the solutions. And what what we're trying to do in Pennsylvania right now is to do something that works. And one thing that we know that works is, as far as protecting our children at school is there has not been a single mass public shooting in a school district that uh, allows or, you know, teachers or staff to be armed. Not a single one in the entire country. Now, uh, Texas has this program in place. They call it the Texas Guardian Program. Unfortunately, they did not participate in it in the Uvalde School District. Uh, so what we want to do is change our law here in Pennsylvania, and Senator Doug Mastriano is kind of leading the charge uh, there's going to be a bill filed. It'll go by Senate Bill 1288, and it'll actually give it'll give the option for teachers and staff to be armed because we know that this works. We're not forcing anybody to be armed, and and given the reaction of the state teachers union, I I, I just can't imagine why they would be against this. We're not forcing anybody to do anything. If if there's a if there's a teacher or a staff member, uh, other employee of the school, it could be a cafeteria worker, it could be custodian, well, whoever, you know, they can they can go through the training and they can they can carry, and, and we know that that works. And there's all sorts of hysteria. Oh, there's be guns in schools, and then children are going to get a hold of firearms, and there'll be accidental discharges. Well, you know, if you look at all the data throughout this country on the twenty some states that have. Uh, uh, the ability to arm their their, their their teachers and staff. There's not there's been like one incident of an accidental discharge in thousands and thousands of hours of carrying in in a school, and nobody was hurt in that incident. Uh, so the, these are things that that we're, we always hear from the left. We always hear from the teachers unions. We hear from the Democrats. And it's going to be the wild west. Everybody's going to be shooting each other, and it just doesn't happen. But what does happen? What has been proven? is that in school districts that have this capability uh, of teachers or their staffing or we have not seen a single mass public shooting event. And why? answer is very simple. These crazy people or evil people, however you want to put it, they want a soft target. They want to go into schools and they don't want to be shot back at. They want to just commit their murder and, and make headlines, whatever it is that's in their twisted minds. But they don't want people shooting back at them. So they pick the softest targets. They look at elementary schools. They look for places where people are unarmed. And we want to change that in Pennsylvania. Now, there are other, obviously, there are other things we can do to harden schools. This is not the only solution. But I think it's, I really think it's a good one. Yeah, so I, I, I hear you, uh, Val. And I think you, you said it right. There's a lot of hysteria, right? When a, a Pennsylvania State Representative Joe Hohenstein, he called... He said it was, quote, unfettered right to bear arms, a myth 
that leads to the type of violence in the Wild West. When you have state representatives running around saying things like that, you are just hyping the hysteria around it, and you're not being serious about what needs to take place. Yeah, I mean, I really wonder what, what state and what country he wants to live in, to be honest with you. I, I was there at that meeting where he said those outrageous comments. Uh, and, and then, you know, we, we have already had Supreme Court decision in this country, the Heller decision, the McDonald decision, that it essentially said that the Second Amendment is an individual right. Uh, and that it's incorporated into the 14th Amendment, which means it applies to individuals, right? And this is, this is a civil right that people have. And then in the latest Bruin decision, the New York State Pistol Rifle Association versus Bruin, now, uh, finally, the Supreme Court has said that this right extends outside of your home to defend yourself, and, which is exactly what our founders intended. Um, you know, it, and it's... Uh, but you attend these meetings in Harrisburg, and I listen to how, um, and it's not only the Democrats, we have a Republican in Southeast PA named Todd Stevens who basically says the same thing, the same old tired arguments that this is a collective right, it's not an individual right, that's baloney, and that, I mean, that's been decided many years now. Or they go and they, they talk about a, a well-regulated militia, hmm. and, uh, well, and we need to regulate, that means we regulate firearms. Well, first of all, our state constitution doesn't say a thing about a well-regulated militia. Uh, you read it right at the beginning. It says the right of the citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves and the state shall not be questioned. That is what it says. There's no clause in there about a well-regulated militia. And if you, and if you properly understood, uh, you know, these, these, these anti-gun reps, if they properly understood... They would know that well-regulated doesn't mean that you're regulating firearms. You know, it has nothing to do with that. So that, um, and here's what I want to let your listeners know. I mean, the Democrats do understand. The Pennsylvania Democrats do understand that. What they're doing is they're lying to people. Uh, they're trying to confuse them and lie to them so that they can pass their gun control agenda. Uh, if they were truthful with their constituents, if they were truthful, they would tell them what the Supreme Court in this nation has already decided about our constitutional rights. Right. And I think, so one thing I want to address, I happen to actually know Todd Stevens. Um, I disagree with House Bill 1903. That's a red flag bill yep. that he's pushing. But it seems he's a Republican. Now, he's a Republican from southeast Pennsylvania, which, you know, yep. we're always hearing how hard it is to get elected down there. So you almost have to be a Democrat um, so they try to act like one at times, but even in the United States Senate, seems like 15 Republicans, including our own senator, Pennsylvania yep. Republican, Republican Pat Toomey, who's retiring, went the other way on us, right? And, and GOA uh, definitely put out a strong email where they called them traitors to the Republican Party and to our constitutional rights. Yes, right. And uh, this... Uh Gun Control Act that was passed. I mean, there were several provisions in it. One of them is, as you mentioned, that Todd Stevens would love, is uh, a, is bribe money to states, uh, millions of dollars of money to pass red flag gun confiscation orders. Uh, and you know, 15 Republicans uh, turned on us. And and the reason why they needed that is in the Senate, uh, in order to defeat a filibuster, you have to have 60 votes. So they needed to switch votes. They needed, and so we had 15 Republicans that, that changed sides. And now we're faced with the largest gun control package that's ever passed Congress since the 1994 assault weapons ban. And there's some very concerning things in here. There's the, the bribe money to the states. 
Another thing that I don't particularly like, and you and I as veterans, should, every veteran in this country should find offensive, is that it, um, it makes 18-year-old to 21-year-old citizens second-class citizens by saying they have to go through an expanded background check in order to buy a firearm. Yet, our country can draft an 18-year-old male, put a rifle in his hand or a fully automatic weapon, send them downrange, and put them in harm's way to fight for their country. Right? But, but they're not going to trust that same individual in their home to defend their wife and their family if that person wants to buy a rifle, a uh, semi-automatic rifle. So seriously, this is, a, this is offensive. And, you know, we have this little thing called the Constitution. There's something in the Constitution I remember about equal protection under the law. Right. And you cannot, right, you cannot make, you know, an 18-year-old, a 21-year-old a second-class citizen when, it's, when we're talking about constitutional rights. So that's a, that's a problem. And there are other things in the bill, too. I mean, uh, they want to expand the definition of who is a federal firearms licensee, uh, which could be backdoor gun control. I mean, you sell some guns out of your collection, and all of a sudden they're going to try to reclassify you as a gun dealer and make hmm. you get an FFL. Yeah, there's that. And then uh, they're, they're, they expanded the, um, the domestic violence pro- prohibitions to go outside of the marriage relationship. Uh, they call it the quote-unquote boyfriend loophole. Uh, and, you know, that's another concern. It's like uh, you'd lose your rights for five years. You're not even related to a person. And, and we're not talking about felony convictions here. We're talking about uh, convictions, misdemeanor convictions. Uh, and so if you can't pass gun control outright, what, what the strategy has been from the left and with these Republican traders is to just add, add the pro- continue adding categories of prohibited persons. And if you expand the categories of prohibited persons, eventually no one is able to own a gun. So um, that so that's what our objections to this are, and uh, it, it's we tried, believe me, with Pat Toomey. We sent thousands of messages into him. We knew it wasn't going to work. He's a lame duck. Um, but leading leading this charge, and people need to know this, is Senator John Cornyn in Texas. I mean, and, right, and, and that was surprising, and, and, right, Doctor Fennell? I mean, that's really surprising. Well, you know, Cornyn is already is is kind of been in favor of some of these measures already. So, and and I think he's. He's bucking for a Senate leadership position uh, after uh, you know Mitch to switch leaves. <laughs> uh, so it's it's like uh, it, so I think this is something he truly believes in, uh, and and so um, it's it's this self interest posturing um, and uh, you know and this this uh, irrational desire to do something. We hear this all the time. We need to do something, yet nothing that they're doing is really going to directly affect the ability uh, to, to stop mass public shootings. It's really not going to work. And, and, of course, the solutions that they offer are solutions that violate our constitutional rights. We don't want to do that. Okay, And if you look at you want a good example, and, and I can't go into details because I don't remember all of them, but your listeners should look at what the governor of Oklahoma said. Um, and, and what they're trying to do to protect schools in Oklahoma. And he and he's basically said, we're going to do these things, harden schools, there's a bunch of other factors in there, there's some mental health things. But he said, we're not going to violate people's constitutional rights by doing this. Is that, that's the attitude we need to have, is like, find the solutions, such as what we want to do with Senator Doug Mastriano in, in terms of Army teachers, maybe hardening the schools, putting school resource officers in. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of other things we can do, right? But stop trying to violate people's constitutional rights. That is not going to help the situation. It only makes it worse. Right, and so to your point about uh, the governor of Oklahoma, uh, here in Pennsylvania, Senator Doug Mastriano is the Republican nominee. 
Uh, GOA of Pennsylvania was, I believe, one of the first to endorse the senator for governor. Uh, I think you were probably criticized by some, but you went out on a limb, if you will, maybe not a limb for you, but according to them on a limb. But you were not only right, he gives the clearest contrast in November as to where he and the Attorney General Shapiro uh, stand on this issue. That's exactly right, and, and, and a, a Josh Shapiro administration would be the most anti-gun in Pennsylvania history. <laughs> Here we have an AG, an attorney general, who wrote an opinion that uh, bans uh, pieces of metal and plastic and tries to redefine them as firearms, things that can't shoot a bullet, like things cannot, that does, you know, in order for something to be a gun, it has to be able to shoot a bullet, right? <laughs> I mean, right. talk about the basics. <laughs> All right, these are... These are pieces of metal and plastic that you have to actually finish yourself and put it together. We've had a constitutional right in this country, even before, even before our country was a nation, to build your own firearms. And, and now they want these things serialized. And, and so, you know, uh, on the federal level, but Shapiro, what he did in December of 19 was issue an AG opinion that would have made the state police classify pieces of metal and plastic as firearms and serialize them and subject them to a background check. That was blocked in court. Uh, I think Judge Robson wrote the opinion on that. Of course, he was in the Commonwealth Court at the time. Now he's on the Supreme Court. Uh, and But this is what we're up against. And you know, Shapiro routinely calls for you know, regulation and banning of semi-automatic rifles, red flag gun confiscation orders, universal background checks. It is a page right off the Bloomberg, every town, USA gun control agenda, and he would be a hundred times worse than Tom Wolf. You know, Tom Wolf, as bad as he is, you know, you're going to have Shapiro taking a page right out of the Biden playbook, continuing what he did as an attorney general, writing executive orders, doing executive actions, and trying to force the gun control issue down the throat by bypassing the Pennsylvania state legislature, like he tried to do as AG. And if, pe- if Pennsylvanians want a governor even worse than Tom Wolf, who's after their constitutional rights, then, then Josh Shapiro is the guy. But if you if you want <laughs> to protect your but if you want your protect your constitutional rights, if you want if you want somebody that's going to actually pass things like constitutional carry, and and and, and protect your God given rights to keep your business open for Pete's sake, you know when uh, you know when there's a when there's a public health emergency that you could feed your family, you know you might want to vote for Doug Mastriano. You you might want to vote for somebody who actually cares. And actually believes that you have a right as as a human being that God has given you that the government can't violate. And so we, that's why we got behind Doug Mastriano. I mean, we we saw right away in him that he was not afraid to take controversial stands to do the right thing. And that's what we need. Uh, we don't need somebody who's uh, who's who's going to um, follow the line of uh, Michael Bloomberg. Right. I I think there are a lot of things going on there. I've had the privilege of meeting uh, the senator. I think he, to your point, Val, is right to the point, tells you exactly where he stands, and I think you can count on that. Now, it seems that Josh Shapiro and the Democrats, they're playing a lot of games here in Pennsylvania. I kind of want to go back to this, uh, these four bills, including the Stevens bill. A lot of games being played there to uh, not get a vote on them, right? They're, they're, the Republicans are being forced to refer, re-refer them to another committee. Yeah, uh, State Representative right. Hershey is leading that, I guess. But is that because they don't want to take a vote, or what? What's going on there? 
Yeah, so that's a really good question, actually. Thank you for asking that. Um, so the first four bills, there were four of them. There was like uh, a mandatory safe storage law, an assault weapons ban, uh, one, a bill that would end firearms preemption, and then Stevens' red flag gun confiscation order. There were four bills initially, and the Democrats put a discharge petition on the floor, which means basically it would bypass the committee and uh, it, it would be voted on the, on the floor. So to your point, and this has been a problem that we have seen over and over again, is in the, the, the Republican leadership is very weak in Harrisburg. And, and they want to um, avoid tough votes, and they particularly want to avoid Southeast Pennsylvania Republicans from voting on issues. And and then they they invent this mythology, and that I know isn't true. And they'll say, uh, if, you know, if this came up on the floor, uh, it would pass. Uh-uh. I, I know it would not pass. Uh, and they gave us the same excuses on constitutional carry. Uh, the last session, uh, I got an excuse that basically said, we don't have enough votes to pass constitutional carry. That's what they told me. That's why we won't bring it up. Right. But you know what? But you know what? Not when it did pass this year and we got it to the governor's desk, not only did it did it pass, four Democrats voted for it, <laughs> and it made it to... And it made it to the governor's desk, okay? And so it's the same thing. And and, here, and the real reason is this. They don't want to vote uh, and on it, because if you vote on it, then somebody could potentially use it against you. So they, right. uh, they maneuver, and the, and the maneuvering that was led by um, Representative Kaufman, who chairs the House Judiciary Committee on those four bills that I mentioned, was to re-refer it to local government. Now, we, are, we commend Rob Kaufman for doing this, because he... You know, he is kind of the gatekeeper, and he could bring these bills up or down in these committees, and he's been so strong for us. He's done the right thing so many times. And then on the other two bills that I mentioned, um, you know, House Bill 717 and then 235, um, the last two weeks, they substituted constitutional carry for two anti-gun Democratic bills um, in order to kill them, which, of course, we favor that. Um, <laughs> All right, and, yes. Uh, so, sir, uh, we're going to have to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk quickly about constitutional carry. You'll get the last word on our sure. show today. Contact yep. on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Community County Services for local family-based mental health. Hi, folks. Are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services. We provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Today's guest is Dr. Val Fennell, Pennsylvania Director of Gun Owners of America. Uh, sir, we've got about two minutes left. I wanted to ask you really quickly, though. It's constitutional. It's legal. You can open carry in Pennsylvania, true? Yes, you can. Uh, you need a permit to do it. You need a license to carry firearms in Philadelphia to carry openly. But, yes, in the rest of the state, open carry, you can do so without a uh, license. Excellent. And so uh, we were talking about constitutional carry. I know it's been uh, very hard to get passed. It probably should have passed last time, but a lot of games there. Do you want to have the last word on constitutional carry? Yes. Well, we were successful. Uh, you know, it was blocked by the Republicans in, in the House. It was Aaron Bernstein's bill. It was blocked by them. Uh, we did some door knocking in uh, Kerry Benninghoff's district in Mifflin County. He got the message, so he ended up running 
uh, Senator Chris Dush's bill, who is, I believe, your senator up there. In yes, sir, he is. Uh, he, yes, he's our he's our one of our champions. And Senator Chris Dush, uh, his uh, we asked him to do a companion bill. We got it through the Senate. We got it through the House. And like I said, even Democrats voted for it. Uh, <laughs> so this mythology that uh, they didn't have enough votes to pass it is was a bunch of BS, right? So and so it finally made it to the governor's desk, and it was vetoed by Governor Wolf. And you know we just we didn't, don't have enough. And we to just override. don't have the we just don't have enough votes to override this stuff. Yeah, right, that's correct. But here's the thing: the, the will is there. The people want constitutional carry. The Bruin decision in the Supreme Court has reinforced what we have always been saying all along: that there is a God-given constitutional right to carry your firearm outside of your home. Uh, and the, you know, con- and if you will, if we really believe that as citizens and as Americans, and we should, then that means we don't act, ask the government for for permission right. to carry our firearm, and that's where constitutional carry it's, it's it's the true spirit and intent of the Second Amendment and Article One, Section Twenty. Yes, and I greatly appreciate you coming on the show, Dr. Val Fennell, Gun Owners of America. Thank you for a great conversation about the Second Amendment. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs>